Hello, hello. Welcome, 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 everybody. I am excited, excited to have with me as a guest today to our uh, 365-day um, Days of Motivations, Mr. Donald Whitehead with the National Coalition for the Homeless. Welcome, Mr. Whitehead. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you on. Um, this is actually part part two of, of what we did last time. Please forgive me. I'm excited, though, to have you um, and welcome you to our call. I've been talking with a few um, black CEOs in our quest to, uh, to sort of... Um, uh, bring awareness to some of the issues and the concerns that we face. You joined our panel uh, previous. You remember that when when I had everybody on? Yes, I do remember the panel. Yeah, we um, we were able to just start a conversation about uh, some of the systemic issues facing our community in particular. And I'm excited to have you on uh, to talk about your mission. So tell me a little bit um, about um, NCH and how the NCH, um, how NCH became a part of your personal mission. So um, I was introduced the National Coalition uh, back in the late 90s uh, through one of its founders, a gentleman by the name of Buddy Gray. And at the time, uh, I was going through uh, a rough patch in my life, if you will, and uh, had experienced homelessness myself. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just wanted to go through the program, uh, get a, a place to live, and, and keep, keep going. Mm -hmm. uh, however, I met Buddy and uh, Buddy was one of the South National Coalition, uh, as just an a incredible advocate. Mm -hmm. And uh, basically through uh, kind of mentorship, he, um, he convinced me to, to, to start doing work uh, in the movement and, and wow. gave me a job and uh, uh, encouraged me, mentored me. And uh, after I was kind of exposed to the realities of homelessness, mm -hmm. uh, I continued to do the work. It, it became it became my passion in life. It became my ministry, if you will. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exactly. I think I remember. Um, I remember when I met you some 20 years ago. Um, you were starting as the uh, the the board chairman, I believe, and executive yes. director. Yep. And um, the from your bio, and pardon my uh, my uh, manners here, um, you were the first African American formerly homeless person to hold that position. Is that right? Yes, and, and to this day, um, I was the first, and now I'm the third. Wow. There is one other African American who works. Uh, at the National Healthcare for the Homeless, mm -hmm. uh, but as, as far as I know, in the industry, there's not another person who actually experienced uh, homelessness themselves, which is uh, really incredible if you think about it, yeah. if you think about any other advocacy um, organization, uh, typically it's led by people with some sort of experience in uh, some lived experience in that particular issue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, it, it's amazing. It's amazing. Your story has always inspired me. You, um, from what I understand, you've even taken this, uh, your your passion for helping people um, out of homelessness to uh, the stage, to the big screen. I was um, I'm reminded that you won, uh, you, you've written songs and, and things like that and even received a Grammy 
for me to speak with you Mr. Whitehead because I'm also I'm always uh, uh, either uh, blown away uh, by what you're saying what you're saying and also just um, uh, in in sort of not disbelief but it's almost um, hard to separate that you uh, you've actually experienced uh, being homeless even to the degree that you share in your presentation so um, you know I, I, I have so much respect for you uh, in that regard well, thank um, you so much for that yes sir you are one of my faves let's see um, I I was gonna I know we talked a little bit um, in depth about this but if you want to share um, with us, what do you currently see as some challenges facing our most vulnerable citizens, especially during a time that we're living in a pandemic? I, I, I still can't believe that. So, so some of the issues are the same. So we, you know, people face um, hate crimes, they face criminalization, uh, they face the lack of resources. Uh, but of course, all of those issues have been exacerbated by COVID, mm -hmm. so um, uh, COVID ex uh, um, is uh, an issue that uh, affects people of color uh, disproportionately, mm -hmm. um, and so does homelessness. Mm -hmm. So um, we'll see. Right now, we have millions of people who are facing eviction. Mm -hmm. The point where economists predict that homelessness could grow by 30 to 40 percent. Oh my gosh. Uh, and, and so I guess the biggest thing, the biggest challenge that they face right now is an inactive uh, group of elected officials who have not done anything to remedy the situation. Mm -hmm. um, and you have, you have communities where people are still being swept from encampments although the Center for Disease Control says that's the absolute worst thing you could do in this situation. Wow, wow. And I, I think, I think too, that it has uncovered some of the inconsistencies with remedying the problem uh, with homelessness. Would you agree? Absolutely. And, and also other disproportionalities, especially when it comes to uh, people of color. So mm -hmm. uh, one of the reasons why people of color are so... starting to see um, non-traditionally labeled, so to speak, uh, people, persons become homeless. And um, I think that's a problem that we're not even quite ready to face yet. I mean, 
Um, you got you can take all the experts and put them in a room, but unless you know firsthand what the experience is like, you know, you're making uh, decisions, you know, amiss. Um, but you you mentioned you mentioned redlining. Can you tell me a little bit about that I, for our listening audience? I'm not sure if they are familiar with the term, uh, uh, particular to you know um, as it relates to um, uh, homelessness. And, and can you talk a little bit about that? Sure, sure. So redlining was a practice that um, was actually supported by the United States government uh, uh, when it came to Mm -hmm. So communities were identified by colors, and the color typically that was associated with people of color was red. Mm -hmm. So basically, um, in those red line communities, uh, white people weren't allowed to um, uh, rent, uh, I'm sorry, purchase homes in those communities. Mm. Uh, And also, black people and other people of color, but primarily black people, Latino um, people as well, had to stay within the, that red line district. And so uh, you weren't allowed to go into whatever the other colors were um, that they used. And those colors uh, were clearly identified as dangerous zones if it was a mm-hmm. predominantly, um, uh, neighborhood predominantly of people of color. Mm-hmm. Uh, good places to go were basically the green um, shaded places that were typically all white communities. And uh, the, the government and promoted uh, and um, charged the, the realtors and the banks in the community not to uh, let people that were people of color purchase outside of the red line. Yeah. Wow. Did in those areas is because um, all these poor people were concentrated in those areas. It, it stunted the growth. So you used to have some really thriving African-American communities, mm-hmm. but due to redlining, those communities were deinvested in. Wow. Banks stopped going to those communities. Uh, the grocery stores stopped coming. The mm-hmm. health providers stopped coming. And so what was, what, was, what was to become of those communities, what became of those communities, was absolute uh, dissolution um, when, it, when it came to how they thrived, uh, the businesses, the income, the jobs, everything was stripped from that community, and it became ghettos, basically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and here's the flip side of it. Mm-hmm. After all of that happened years later, because those properties in those communities were valued so low by the banks, mm-hmm. they became targets of gentrification. Oh, wow. Uh, Washington, D.C. is a perfect example. Uh, Red Line communities in D.C., the property was valued so low that now it's very easily bought up by people um, who want to uh, move from the suburbs back into the inner city. And the people that lose out in that equation are always, uh, one, the people who stayed in that community now, uh, their tax burdens are too high, they mm-hmm. can't afford to maintain properties they've maintained for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, people are moved out um, into out- outlying communities. Wow. So redlining was an insidious practice, and it was not an accident. It was right. actually promoted by the federal government. And the same thing happened with VA housing. So soldiers coming back from the war uh, were not allowed to rent in white communities if they were black and in black communities if they were white. 
My goodness, my goodness. It's it sounds and, and that's the thing, it, 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 it sounds it's it's overwhelming. Um how it's overwhelming to think that uh, a group uh, could find themselves so superior um to a particular group to the extent that they they um they consider that they have not any value and um i think that it it it, it, it translates in their mindsets and you know we, we we've got a lot of work to do um we have a lot of work to do yeah and, and, and all of it's based on a myth the uh, race is an artificial construct um biologically we are no different whether we're as dark as you can possibly be or as white as you can possibly be Mm -hmm. um, there's no biological difference in who we are. Wow, wow, and we know that that's that's a myth. <laughs> that's a myth. Even even uh, lighter uh, 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 African Americans, um, while they they enjoy some uh, privileges, uh, they have the same and enjoy. The, I mean, uh, endure the same struggle. Um, it's oh, it's, it's a shame. Yeah. And and those are some of the remnants of slavery. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, we, we carry with us uh, in our modern day lives uh, some of the habits, uh, some of the trauma mm. uh, that was uh, induced upon us during slavery. Mm -hmm. And uh, some of our mannerisms are those that came from our um, attempts to protect ourselves and, and adapt uh, during slavery. And we, 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 still, we still hold those true today. Yeah, I'm so sorry, and and that's the that's 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 part of the um the the problem. I mean, I I I cannot imagine. Um, I work, of course, you know that I'm a minister. I work in the community of marginalized uh, citizens myself, and we come across, um, you know, individuals who have experienced homelessness, and they're. I mean, many of them are toughing things out and doing the best they can. Um, and I started to see sort of a, a um, revival in uh, some of the gifts and talents of those people and have decided to take on a new project myself um, that will promote them. But I have to be honest with you, Mr. Whitehead, in terms of staying motivated, and this wasn't in my notes but tell me, share with our listening audience, what do you do or how do you stay motivated for a task that is so great and so uh, it has so many um, challenges that you could really easily lose hope? How, how do you stay motivated? I, I couldn't agree with you more, but what I'll say is, is you know, my motivation doesn't come from earth. Mm -hmm. um, it comes from God. I consider this my ministry. Yeah. Um, and so where, what I'm inspired by is I know that we have a long way to go to get to the ultimate goal of ending homelessness in this country. Mm -hmm. But what we can be inspired by are the everyday small victories. Yeah. So um, seeing that person... Um, in a shelter. So I'll give you an example. Um, I, I, I've done some consulting work over the years. My last consulting contract was in Prince George's County, Maryland. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, uh, I was uh, putting together an outreach program. Most of my staff quit. I had to do the outreach myself, wow. um, which was humbling and also very enlightening because it put me back in touch 
was why I started the work, but but it gave me the ability to to um, really impact people at the very beginning, kind of at the bottom of of their uh, their journey through homelessness. Mm-hmm. These were people living outside, whether it was in an encampment or in an abandoned car. There was a group living in the U-Hauls, in the back of U-Hauls, in a, in a U-Haul station. Mm-hmm. So I was able to, to get these people into a hotel. Mm-hmm. Many of them, not all of them, of course, many of them have gone on to their own apartments. Wow. And, and just to see their personal transformation uh, from uh, people who were desperate, they were hopeless, they were um, sad, they were traumatized, mm-hmm. uh, to see them kind of, uh, that kind of transformation from that state uh, to people who are thriving now, mm-hmm. just amazing. That's awesome. Uh, and uh, I've seen that over and over again, mm-hmm. you know, through my uh, quarter of a century of doing this work, I've seen uh, many, many iterations of that. So from awesome. uh, people who, uh, I had a, a person, for instance, who slept under a car, because, mm-hmm. you know, sleeping anywhere else wasn't warm enough, so he slept under the car at a, a taxi station. That guy's working on his PhD now. Awesome. So wow. It's kind of like the individual victories that you see. Um, that's what keeps you going, mm-hmm. and, you know, just the hope uh, at the end of the day that you'll see a, a complete um, a abolition of slavery in America. I'm sorry, of homelessness. Slavery, too. Hello. 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 Well, uh, it's been a real pleasure to uh, sit here and talk with you, uh, Mr. Whitehead. You are, uh, you are in a, a hero for what you're doing in uh, the homeless community, um, put, putting your life on the line, making sacrifices. I'm, I'm, I'm humbled um, that you would choose a, 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 a Friday night <laughs> to uh, chit-chat with me. And I want to make sure that um, our listening audience has an opportunity to help to further uh, this work. Um, would you like to tell us ways that we can uh, further support you in your efforts and um, how we can do that? Sure. So um, the National Coalition is an advocacy organization. Um, advocacy is absolutely the hardest thing to fund. Mm-hmm. Um, people don't see the tangible results. Um, we do because we help fund every shelter in America. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, one way very easily that people can get involved is, is through donations. Okay. Um, you know, I'm not afraid to say that we can't do advocacy uh, without funding to do advocacy, so they certainly can do that. Um, we also want people to volunteer, mm-hmm. um, and whether that's volunteering at a shelter or a soup kitchen or making a sandwich and then taking it to the park uh, mm-hmm. where you see people homeless, uh, we want people to do that. And they can also volunteer with our organization. We have a, a number of ways they can do that if they go to our website. Mm-hmm. Uh, that website's www.nationalhomeless.org. Um, the, the other things that people can do are be involved in the political process. We like to tell people that everybody has a sphere of influence. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's it's the broad, the broad sphere of influence that's in that. So talking to your politician mm-hmm. um, and letting them know about the realities of homelessness and asking them to do something about it 
um, is, is a, a structural way to get involved, but you also can get involved uh, on an institutional level. You can go out and uh, uh, talk about uh, doing some work, uh, whether it's volunteer or actual direct service at your church, mm-hmm. at your civic organization. If you're in school, you can do it at your school. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do it on, on the internet, um, raise awareness um, by um, putting things on your Twitter feed and on your Instagram post. Uh, Mm-hmm. You can do it uh, with your excuse me with your your community accesses like uh, um, the the uh, ring or the uh, neighborhood networks. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are very uh, 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 fertile places to share information. Mm. Um, uh, so uh, whatever whatever ways that are possible, um, mm-hmm. those are things that you can do. Well, um, so, yeah. so those those are a few things you can do, and then uh, I absolutely talk to your family. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you said you said talk to your family. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Talk yeah. to your family and ask them to help in the cause. Um, if their kids, tell them you know we don't want people that are homeless. Uh, um, being victimized, mm-hmm. um, so there, there's just a number of things that, that, that you can do along those lines. Yes, well, thank you. We appreciate um, your time and, again, um, what you're doing in the community. You guys heard it here, folks. You can support the National Coalition for the Homeless Efforts, Mr. Whitehead's efforts, and those who are moving uh, this cause forward. Um, we're, we're, we're hopeful and optimistic, definitely by the outcomes of those who have uh, taken life by the horns and uh, are doing what is necessary to get um, themselves out. Um, You know, we can only hope and pray uh, continually uh, for this great work and um, that, you know, we will, as a nation, uh, begin to see each other, just as uh, Dr. Martin Luther King um, had once said, um, not be judged by the color of our skin, you know, but to be able to be judged um, just, just, or just treated as a human being. So um, I want to say thank you once again. Um, you guys, you can pick up uh, his book. Um, the uh, and I, I flubbed on this title last time, so I'm going to let you tell them <laughs> the name of your book. I have a, I actually have two copies. I have the first, the original copy and the rewrite. So, <laughs> and I have read them. <laughs> and, and the title of the book is uh, "Most Unlikely to Succeed." Okay. And, um, Perfect, perfect. Well, that is all, folks. Listen, listen, get involved. Click on the link below to get more information about how to support this organization. As we begin to go into the major holidays, remember a small gift goes a long way, but a larger gift can open up many more opportunities so listen you heard it here at 365 days of motivations listen get out don't just talk about it but do something thank you mr whitehead it was a pleasure speaking with you oh, thank you thank you for having me and i really appreciate you doing the show thank you um, sir. so you have a fantastic weekend and enjoy your holiday 
Likewise, sir. You do likewise. God bless.